Slayers! Excuse my absence, it's been a minute. Um, my last pod was the beginning of January with Leaf, uh, the musician. She's amazing. Check that out if you haven't already. This episode is going to be a little bit different. It's the relationship episode. We're diving into mental health with relationships in 2022. And I have with me someone dear to my heart. <laughs> the male version of me this is my oldest brother i have two older brothers everybody knows and this is my oldest brother eric he's here with me today we're gonna kiki so you guys asked me some questions i asked you to ask me questions a few things on instagram um we got some tea here um how do you choose your photographers so this is just a few like basic stuff but um choosing my own personal photographers i guess this is i guess you're talking about me modeling it depends on my aesthetic at the time and the way i want my feed to look the way i want my portfolio to be uh, to be quite honest i tend to work with a lot of studio photographers simply because i'm not really a big studio photographer i'm more of an outdoors natural light person when it comes to shooting so i think i do like the whole experience like opposites attract where i teach them something they teach me something so i'll go with photographers a lot of times that do studio work and could teach me something i don't know and i also like the experience of like being the model in the studio and getting makeup done and hair done and all that shit so yeah um but usually through word of mouth uh mutual friends i've talked to people about this time and time again about you know, if you are meeting somebody you don't know through the internet, bring somebody with you, bring your homegirl, bring somebody. I, I try, I don't really, I don't really uh, meet strangers these days on the internet. It's usually just word of mouth. People I know have worked with the person. Oh, this is some tea. Um, someone said, do models hit on you? <laughs> Funny enough, because I mean, I usually shoot, I shoot a lot of women, right? I do a lot of female photography. And I, my agents just sent me male models. Um, and in the past year, I actually had this male model. Mind you, these guys are like 20. <laughs> so I'm like, if only you knew that I'm pushing 30. But anyways, I actually had this one uh, hit on me. And I was just thinking to myself, man, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure they think that I'm younger too. Um, but I'm like, I feel like a cougar. I'm like, I feel older. And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> um, it's a little, not awkward. It's cute and it's flattering. But yeah, I don't, I don't really mix. I, I, I don't mix business with, uh, with that. But yes, I have been or just invited to go out. But it's very rare. I shoot a lot of women. I don't know their sexual orientation or anything like that. But so far, it hasn't happened that much. Um, okay. This one is a really good opinion on Kevin Samuels and the Fresh and Fit podcast. Okay, Eric, I don't think Eric knows about this. So Kevin Samuels <laughs> is this. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to get monetized. I don't want to get like banned. I don't think, I mean, we could say names. Fuck it. But anyways, Kevin Samuels is this like, I don't know how, I think he's like 50, honestly, or he's in his 40s. I don't even know. But he's this guy who he has his own like male expert podcast and basically I mean, it's, it's, I don't feel bad for the woman because they supposedly they pay to like just get on his live and get advice, quote unquote, from this guy. And he basically abuses them. He's like, if you want a high valuable man, you need to like stop being delusional and accept the fact that you're a two. <laughs> like that's how, that's how he talks to them. And I'm like, this is crazy. Cause they like, they literally take his advice. And so um the fresh and fit podcast are these like these two young guys that are newer and they're like going viral for their you know outlandish quote-unquote ways of speaking to also to women on their podcast here's the thing you guys this is nothing new like their whole notion their whole idea is you know to be barefoot and pregnant at home still have an amazing body you know, like a very 1940s view of things where the man brings home the bacon and the man has to make a lot of money. And so if you want a high valuable man like that, then you need to tolerate being cheated on and <laughs> all types of nonsense from men if that's the lifestyle that you want. Uh, and their whole, that's nothing new, right? That's like not a new concept, but their whole idea, I think, in 2022 is to be more accepting of that 
uh, and also to kind of tell women that you're delusional and you're not as good as you think you are for the men that you are seeking. That's their whole idea uh, <laughs> of these guys with these podcasts these days. Um, yeah, my thoughts on that. I mean, I'm, listen, I am a feminist, right? I, of course, doing through I support women. Um, and of course, these guys are clowns, most of them, and what they're saying. Uh, do I think that, I, I'm not just gonna harp, like, harp on men and say all oh, men are, are wrong and say stupid stuff like that. Um, I think plenty of women have their own set of issues too, and plenty of women do need to be not put in their place, but told, hey girl, you know, maybe your standards are a little up there, you know, <laughs> um, and you know, maybe you're looking at the wrong places. I agree with that. Um, so that's my idea with that. That's really, that's like current events news of what's going on. Very popular male podcasters of today. Um, somebody asked me, how do artists separate work from their personal life? This is cool for you to answer too. Um, so my brother, I mean, everyone in my family is an artist in some like way shape or form and my brother's no exception he's an amazing artist uh on paper and as well as designing so how do artists separate their work from their personal life i probably would say i don't <laughs> because <laughs> in all honesty i just i feel like i whenever somebody says but what do you do for fun i'm like it's always something artistic too it, it's it's weird for me like i don't I, the fun things in my life do have to do with art as well. Like, I'm not athletic. I don't play sports. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, fun things for me are doing makeup or doing hair or, I don't know, doing something artsy. Yeah, for sure. I think it's also about finding a creative outlet as your release. So yeah. even if it's cooking. That's true. You know what? That's true. I do have, I do enjoy baking. That is true. I didn't think about that. But yeah, I think it's about finding balance. You're right. I mean, you don't want, you just don't want the art to consume you, I feel like. Um, somebody asked how, somebody asked, do you only have artists as friends? This is a really cool and interesting question because I thought about this the other day. Uh, obviously not like, like all my friends have like, you know, a quote unquote regular nine to five type of job that you know pays the nitty-gritty the bills but I do think artists gravitate towards each other because then at the same time most of my friends do do something artistic um yeah I don't it know is a balance is. of having your support system of just you know your regular friends and family who aren't in the industry they're not like people that you're gonna go out and see at events yeah. and you're building on this network of creatives who want to collaborate and create content all of the time yeah so exactly it's having those people are great but you know you do run into the issue of wondering how valid is the friendship yes or is it out of convenience or for you know using it as an advantage for them getting further ahead in their career absolutely oh my god so this brings me to some research that i did um starting out <laughs> starting out with reddit i have a lot of people uh, basically the question was like do you the question was actually you know people in relationships do you find that it's better to be with an artist or not be with an artist so I got a lot of different responses and I'll get your opinions on this. Um, this person, this person thinks it's, I'm going to say that they're saying it's better to be with an artist. Um, this person said, I found that people who don't feel that calling cannot understand it and often think it's somehow selfish or egotistical. And they will spend a lot of energy trying to convince one of that idea. They might not understand the need to hook up to that part of one's brain and exercise it and to explore that world in depth. Two of the main people I was in relationships with considered my art to be hobby rather than actual work. My day job was considered more of importance than my artwork because my day job provided more for them in the short term. 
That's true. That's, That's true. Really interesting. Like, yeah, they're saying like in their relationships, they feel. I mean, I I have felt that with friends too. What which obviously really aren't friends today, but with people who are who kind of look down upon what you're doing. A lot of people experience that with their with their parents. I feel like too, you know. Yeah, right. It's not it's not isolated solely to a romantic relationship. Yes, it has less to do with being around only artists or only creatives, like chefs. Only hang around other chefs because other people don't understand what they're going through. Um, it's really about respect. Like, yes. Are you surrounding yourself with people who respect you um, and who support your endeavors? So. Yeah, this person. Regardless of what it is, regardless if they're in the same industry, like those are basic human things, experiences that you should have in healthy relationships. Yes, yes. So this person is more up that alley. They said, my lovely partner, Jan, is a huge help to me in supporting my activities. She sits for me when I teach portraits and we visit galleries despite her lack of knowledge of the art scene. She knows how much it means to me. The only part, she said, the only part I'm aware of is the fact that we like to be together may keep me from following every opportunity I could if I were single. Art can be a selfish career, but if you have a loving partner, it can work. Okay, that's interesting. They're saying yes, like she's a, the the person doesn't really know that much about art, but they're very supportive, so it works. But they do acknowledge the fact that maybe if they were with another artist or by themselves, they might get more opportunities in the art like scene. Sure, maybe because it's it'll be less time at home cuddling, yeah, yeah, watching yeah, yeah. Netflix, ordering food in. Yeah. Versus like oh, we're going to another gallery opening, you know, another club, and another event. And it's it's all about spending your time together because if you're with another artist, you're both trying to climb that ladder together. Yes, oh my God. And so that sounds more like convenience, but you really want to know, are you with that person for convenience or is it genuine love? Yes, that, that leads into this one. This person's more neutral and they said, lack of money can be a huge obstacle. An artist needs a partner who is financially stable and believes in his or her work. Two artists together can be wonderful because of this shared dialogue. However, jealousy can be a problem. Very yeah. true, very true. Yeah, jealousy could come into play, right? Yeah. I mean, we've seen that happen throughout history, you know. Yeah, very true. I wanted to get into, um, I have some statistics and, and stuff here that's really interesting about what's going on. Um, I think this stemmed from this conversation. Somebody asked me a question about like my belief with um, this generation with like having kids before marriage and stuff. And I think it stemmed from like, oh, Rihanna was pregnant, you know, <laughs> and somebody else, another celebrity, which first of all is a separate conversation because people have to realize that celebrities, yeah, they're people, they're humans, but having money in any sense of the word like that and nannies and stuff can make things totally different than like you and I. So, <laughs> uh, I yeah. think people have yeah, to she's realize. Also, a billionaire. Right, exactly. Like having that money and having the flexibility, it's it's a different uh, circumstance, right? With just having children, I don't want to say like like they're having them as a sex accessories, but <laughs> they don't have to. A lot of the stuff that we have to deal with, they don't. They're not going to have to deal with per se. Um, So that's a different conversation. But what I think in general, in general, it is true. And uh, statistically, it's actually true in 2022 from from the research I've done, how more people are having kids before marriage, uh, getting married much later in life or not getting married at all. Um, Yeah, this is crazy. My theory about this is simply that a lot of people are just realizing... First of all, I think a lot of women are are realizing their body 
and realizing that just they're just being more scientific about it instead and taking the emotion out of it and realizing I have less time this is the fact to procreate you know healthily procreate than to get married than to find the love of my life like this is the bottom line like I my eggs are dying and going down and as you get older the the scientific truth is that yes you can have a child at 50 and 60 but it is gonna be a much more risky pregnancy um if it even does happen and it's the bottom line your early 20s to your early 30s are the prime time to have children and people are realizing hey i was in this relationship it didn't work out I was in this relationship, it didn't work out. Why am I gonna run, sign a piece of paper, commit to this person for life when I could put that on hold, you know, or I could find somebody later on? I think that people just kind of came to the conclusion that marriage could be much later in life, you know, and they're taking like the traditional, a lot of that was based on religion too. A lot of those traditional values are based upon like religion and stuff in society. So I think a lot of people, I don't want to say people are less religious in this generation because I don't know that. But I think that people, I think we're seeing people be more scientific about it and analytical instead of. It's also understanding like where we are at as Mm -hmm. a planet. Yes. And the current state of it. I know. Um, And where we see our future going yeah and it makes us less confident in wanting to you know have this lineage and future generations of your bloodline and saying yeah we're pretty much leaving like a fucked up planet to our kids and grandkids i know and a lot of people are choosing to avoid all of that all together yeah <laughs> Yes, which is a whole nother, yeah, That's exactly. a whole nother thing, That's right? a whole nother thing. it's also, you know, health is different. Um, and sure, you'll see celebrities who are having kids in their 40s and 50s, and you can say, well, it's because they have money. Yep. And that is partly truth, but it also has to do with your health. Um, and so people who take care of their health better, long-term, they can procreate if they feel like it. Yes. This in their will. 30s, in the early 40s. I mean, it's... we have family members who were able to do that in their late 30s. And they live healthy lifestyles. Yeah. It turns out that COVID has been a big factor in this this past two years. <laughs> I was reading articles. Um, and this woman said, we had to cancel our wedding due to COVID. And I wouldn't mind if we ended up starting a family before walking down the aisle. I always thought marriage was a crucial step before motherhood, and that might have been and that might have been from having a fairly religious upbringing, but over time I've definitely evolved my thinking. Yeah, so maybe people are not panicking but kind of thinking of it like, "Oh wait, life is really short." So, if yeah, I want to do much, this, I'm going to do what yeah. I want to do without following societal specific game plan of this is, you know, you get married at this age and then you start having kids at this age and this yes. is just how it's supposed to go. Um and I love that, right? Yes. But that is just the beginning of the conversation because you also have to start thinking about why do I want kids and why is it such this like ego boost? Yes. Like, I want to, I really want to understand the statistics surrounding why people would rather have their own kids Mm -hmm. and uh, versus just adopting the millions of children that are unwanted that currently exist on this planet. Yeah. From the research I've seen, it's literally all comes down to, yeah, a science of, I don't want to call it brainwashing, but let's be honest, it's kind of what it is, right? It's like a societal thing that you've been taught since the time you're young especially as a woman well as a woman and a man but for separate reasons right for a woman it's more in the biblical sense of like you're here on this earth to procreate your body is made for that and then for men it's taught it's pushed upon like your job is to be a provider right you need so you need to have a family to provide for 
and yeah. ideally your own so you can carry on the name right the family name so there's a lot of like like weird things yeah, which a lot of it that, feels like propaganda yes well just so yeah. that you can sell this idea to people yeah. so that they can continue falling in line with what was set in the past i mean we're 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 still at a stage and i see it now with like friends and family members who are having kids and they're like still giving their two-year-old daughters like baby dolls in carriages yeah and it's like you gotta stop perpetuating that oh i mean of course Woman's only value is to be a mother like it's her only job it's all she's good for yeah yeah we still see that give your kid a science kit Right, like what give more your, is there? Give your two-year-old daughter a football. I shake it up a bit. It's very interesting how, as a woman, I just had this conversation with this lovely model actually the other day, and it was more about like the misogyny and modeling. But then we do, we dove into uh, this uh, sexism and all of this, and uh, the judgment of women. And it's so interesting how. Um, you know the judgment happens when you reach a certain age and it's like you're never good enough because if you have kids too young it's like oh my god you know what you're having kids so young don't you want to live your life blah 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 and then when you're when you haven't had them yet it's like what are you waiting for don't you want to be a mom and it's like this assumption that just oh you know are you gonna marry him if you've been in a relationship for a long time and it's like this just this idea that people can't just be Right? That people can't just be alone. Right. There are a lot like, of people who are going to apply that societal pressure on you right. and judge you and really just ask you a lot of questions and get all up in your business. Mm-hmm. And it's really unnecessary. It's and, um, so bizarre. Yeah, fuck it. Just let people live and do what they want to do. It is a bizarre thing. You know, I found some really interesting uh, stuff. So as of this past year, so the following states have the lowest divorce rate. Shocker. Um, we do. New York. <laughs> New Jersey. Uh, Maine. District of Columbia. South Dakota. Pennsylvania. Illinois. Iowa. Wisconsin. And Massachusetts. We have the lowest divorce rate. Highest divorce rate. Arkansas. Oklahoma. Nevada. New Mexico. Kentucky. Wyoming. Delaware. Utah. Kansas. Alabama. Seems like a lot of the South right uh, midwest like very high divorce obviously we know why nevada's so high at 10.2 because it's you know people get hitched in vegas and <laughs> and divorce yeah. um which Drunkenly, yeah spur of the moment and i think uh maybe in the south it's similar it's due to circumstance yeah it's um you know because you went to high school with this girl and you don't want the world to know you're gay so you're gonna right. marry her yes you accidentally knocked her up um it they're also very religious states so yes. it's sort of like you know getting married because you got her pregnant it's, and so it's the thing to do and of course they realize a year or two later that it was a terrible mistake yes which in Nevada, uh, I didn't even know your your divorce could be finalized as quickly as ten days because of that. I learned yeah, something. Yeah, it just goes to show that marriage <laughs> is really a business. It's about money. It's all a business. Yeah. It's ins- I mean, when you research the history of marriage, it was always a financial transaction. It was always a matter of business, and so. Yes. Yes. Right, I just talked to my friends about this where I'm like, I am at the stage of my life when it comes to when it comes to marriage for me personally, if you're asking me this, I would be per- totally fine not even having a paper um, where we can just have a celebration and that's it and hang out. Um, I don't yeah, imagine mom like selling you off to some <laughs> family and saying, oh my God, my isn't... daughter, she's a financial burden and you know. We'll give you our daughter and seven goats to, you know, sweeten the deal. Yeah, that is just just bad. take her off our hands because that's really what marriage was it's about. It's batshit crazy, right? When you think about it, and you yeah. know what I think it is now, like in twenty twenty two, right? I think what it is now, honestly, most women 
most women don't even want to be married. Most women, a lot of women are, you know, superficial and they just want that ring. And they just they want the wedding. They want the planning. Want the princess fairy tale yes. experience. The experience. That they've been sold in every single children's book. Yes. Just that day. Just that day of decades, fun. Right? It's it's brainwashing. It's, yeah. I don't think setting people... up these expectations and so many people are miserable because they don't understand that a fairy tale is just that. Yes. And so they're never going to be happy because they're constantly chasing something that is fabricated. Yeah, that doesn't exist. And that accounts for a lot of divorces and just people generally being unhappy in their marriages. Yes. The focus is on the wrong thing. It's about the celebration and how it looks on the outside to Mm -hmm. the world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Doing things for the wrong reasons. That's what I feel like humans do all of that. A lot of the times, like even getting engaged, getting married, and even having kids, I feel like they're not doing it for the right reasons or because they genuinely want to. So like a lot of people do it just to shut other people up. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a lot of responsibility that goes into bringing new life into this planet. And it shouldn't be, oh, you know, because I just want to dress them up all cute in the latest <laughs> and, right have a baby and I, and I so we can play minis and i have all of these expectations of right. who i want them to be right and what i want them to do and how i want them to live yeah it's like if you want all of that just go download sims right make a video you'll, you'll have full control over absolutely <laughs> everything but when you're when you're creating new human beings who are their own selves you can't you can't impart your idea of what you think is best for them i think that's morbid it's pretty sick which is a whole nother conversation right because a lot of parents don't fathom the idea that children are themselves are their own person right like there's this whole crazy idea that as a parent you get to dictate what your child does regarding their body Um, you know, whether it be changing their body or being who they want to, you know, lay their head with that night and have sex with and be with intimately or whatever. Um, like there's this parents get offended and right. And, and they feel like, you know, my child, my child won't, I mean, even from the time, think about this, you know, from the time you are a toddler with parents putting, you know, their Mets jersey on, on you or their, you know, or the Yankees jersey on you or they put, everyone puts their own personal likes. I mean, it starts even before that. It, it starts at that gender reveal, which is Well, yeah, bullshit. of course, of course, of course. But yeah, it just the so idea, early. the idea of, of parents putting their own likes, not just religious views, but also their own like day-to-day likes on they're babies yeah and basically it's an ego trip it's so weird a lot of people just wanting to recreate a mini version of themselves yes Yes. let me let me do a redo of my life which i may be fucked up so right let let me try to be strategic and create a better version of myself that's exactly like living vicariously and that really ties into like the negative intentions of parenthood. Yes, that's exactly it. It's literally that. It's literally like, okay, well, if I make this child a mini version of myself, maybe I'll have a, some type of redo on this plan. I'll be considered successful yes. and va- a valuable human. And yes. I'll have some kind of worth if my kid turns out to be what I want yes yeah or my version my version of success trying to fill the void of your own failures and really just go to therapy it's cheaper (laughs) it's so true like all these ideas when you sit back and you think about it it's like so bizarre uh you know the the things that we're taught and raised with it's like just let people fucking be themselves and be people for sure you know like let let your kids be your kids and it's just so crazy to me for the truest like the best intentions of wanting to raise children you you wouldn't be so bothered if 
you know, they're not biologically yours and you're either fostering or adopting children that already yeah. exist. Because really, the main goal there is just to help guide these humans in the best way to be supportive yeah. however you can. And that sadly isn't always the case. No, it's not. You're it's right. a lot about ownership, I feel. Mm hmm. So people are, you said it earlier, like my son, my daughter, my child, and people just like to own shit. Right. All of that is so bizarre to me. You own I mean, your wife, you own your kids, you know, it, that possessiveness is, is tied to feelings of not having anything. And so these are the things that you could sort of have for yourself. Or, or what about people, what really gets me are people that want to just own strangers. Like, I'm sorry, I've never in my life woken up one morning and gave a racked ass about like what someone else is doing with their body, you know, with <laughs> who someone else is, is with physically. Like it's these, these people that get so worked up over what other human beings are doing, right? We see it now in today's climate, vaccine, anti-vaccine, whatever. Like, how do you sit back and you are so concerned with some somebody that does not affect you, it's very bizarre to me. It's always been very bizarre to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that ties into so many things, of course, right? With homophobia, um, you know, sexism, racism, all of that. I mean, it's just like strange, uh, you know, I don't know. All that is crazy. I can't imagine like getting up and living my life concerned about what the human is doing. Like, it's <laughs> to themselves. Uh, it's so weird. People get really heated about it. It's like, so bizarre. I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a very deep conversation. Thank you to that person who asked me about that. Because, I mean, we could go yeah, on. That's a great question. Yeah, we I could mean, go on. spawn off, like, an entire series. So, literally <laughs> three more episodes worth. Three more episodes conversation for this topic so oh my gosh i mean it's crazy so a lot of people as you know this podcast means a lot to me regarding just mental health right uh and the mental health um climate we're in um not just with artists but just humans just everybody um and so i dove into first of all you know i've always been a big mental health researcher um my whole life but <laughs> literally, I think I would be, I'm that teenager that is like looking up crime dogs and stuff on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I, I, I know a lot about psychological disorders, but I did not know how broken down they all are by category. Uh, and it, it actually shocked me how broken down they are. I was telling mom, our mom about it. And we were like, wow, uh, sleep disorders right it's it's everything is its whole category so sleep disorders you have narcolepsy right where people have that irresistible urge to sleep you have insomnia where people can't sleep um you have your disruptive disorders which is like klepto pyro where people are being disruptive to society um you have paranoid personality disorder uh schizophrenia all of them are like in their own category which i did not know and i was very shocked by so like the personality disorders is its whole own thing so you have inside the box of personality disorders you have of course antisocial um you know which used to be called you know quote-unquote sociopath psychopath they don't use those terms anymore actually scientifically it's just antisocial um, you have borderline personality, uh, BPD, you have dependent personality, um, narcissistic personality, OCD, obsessive compulsive personality. So these were really interesting to look at. I had no idea. And then the obsessive compulsive disorders have their own entire thing as well. So alone in the obsessive compulsive disorder, you have body dysmorphia right uh hoarding disorder um hair pulling skin picking which this was a whole thing i looked into because i was like wow um pretty crazy pretty cool 
to, to look into. So the, and I'm like, damn, of course you're diagnosing yourself. You're like, I have this, 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 this. <laughs> but no, it's so interesting. I mean, sure, yeah. I will say that a lot of these manifest in different ways. Yes. To varying degrees. So like yeah. the, the skin stuff can be as as small as like a tick, right? Yes. Like you biting your lips. Yes. Yes. Oh, so the skin, that was so interesting because I've had this my whole life. My mom's had this. Everyone had this. Um, thank God it, I don't have it to an extreme where it affects my day-to-day, -day, right? Where I can't like function without doing it. But of course, I've had to learn. I mean, there's the only cure is... Um, there's treatment, which is just like basically where you kind of distract yourself, right? Or like you go into a mirror and you're Bidget looking. Spinners. Yeah, you kind of like have to distract yourself, right? Um, it's like biting your nails. Correct. Um, so like cutting is not considered. So all of these, the skin picking one uh, included, the hair pulling, lash pulling, those are considered OCD disorders, part of the OCD spectrum um, because they have more to do with a sense of control, perfection um you know a sense of organization neatness um you know removing something from your body um and anxiety it's more of an anxiety disorder um the skin cutting is not a part of it it's usually uh, more in the you know manic depressive because it's a lot of a lot of cutters will tell you they're doing it to feel a sense of pain um, or to feel, you know, something to begin with because they're depressed or they're numb, whatever yeah, the, the depression tied into an extreme lack of confidence. Yes, which... Lack of worth. Yes, 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 which relates to... Uh, there's also, like, the, you know, anorexia, um, you know, bulimia. Um, and But the skin picking, I found out, because I'm like, here's the thing, I don't do it when I'm depressed, you know, or when I'm when I'm angry or upset or anything like that, or because I want to feel something. I mean, I literally could just be bored or anxious, you know, or feel like, ooh, like- Yeah, I feel like I that definitely ties into anxiety. Yes, yes. So that was really interesting to look at um, the BP, the the borderline personality too, right? So we've talked about that. Associated with symptoms including emotional instability, unstable, intense relationships, and impulsive behaviors. I don't really have the impulsive behaviors. A lot of people that cut themselves do have borderline personality. Um, but I do relate to the, we speak about this all the time, about feeling, feeling things at extreme levels. We've both felt a lot of these symptoms before with the feeling, because a lot of people who have this, I have a couple of uh, friends who have this. And one of my friend she's a, a really big model and she is diagnosed with this and I'm gonna have her on the pod she's amazing and very outspoken about it but anyways um a lot of times people who have this will feel emotions at very extreme levels <laughs> so uh you know if you love someone you're gonna love them really hard it's a lot of separation anxiety you know just feeling things at very extreme levels if you feel angry you're gonna feel it at a very extreme level and uh, affecting your life, you know, on a day-to-day. -day. I have a struggle with that before in the past. I've gotten better with it. I think I got better once I recognized that I was that way and that I was different in the sense that I felt things more extreme or that I was a little more sensitive than my peers or than, like, guys I was in a relationship with. Um, I've gotten better and learned how to, like, control that and kind of just control my emotions, collect myself, meditate, and let people do them. We were just talking about this. <laughs> How to just kind of recognize like other people and the way other people's brain operates and that it's not the same as yours and how to just kind of let them be in their space and you be in your own space, um, which is, it's hard to do when you have BPD and so there's treatment for that. But yeah, we've talked about that, right? Because you been like that in relationships in the past I think we have similar experiences with that it's like um it's it's a longing a feeling a feeling of desperation almost right or a feeling of like if I don't have this person I'll just die I don't know what I'm gonna do right without this person and it, it's very unhealthy because it basically you know what are you saying to yourself if a person is 
the source of your entire happiness, right? Like yeah, an, for a, sure. another human being is like the source of your whole happiness. It probably means there's something, you know, bigger going on with your with yourself, self-esteem, right? and how much you actually love yourself, and how much you feel like a whole, complete human being. Um, rather than just like you need that other person to complete you and to make you have any worth or value yes um and yeah that's rough you know um i mean the last time i felt that way in a relationship was over a decade ago um and that breakup really opened my eyes to a lot of what i was feeling and how i was reacting um and also me feeling like I needed to fully immerse myself and sort of become part of the relationship and that, you know, I lost myself in that. In the relationship, yeah. Like that becomes, that person becomes your entire day. You're planning everything around them, right? Like it's like, what do you, you lose sight of who you are just outside of that uh, relationship. That is really tough. Um, it ties into, I say that ties into how hard you can love someone. Yeah. Like how how much you fully want everything to just be perfect, and so you sort of obsess over it. Yeah. And it consumes you, and it really can break you, and you lose touch with reality, and you lose yourself, and it's uh, yeah, it's not healthy. Yes. Yes. It's just not, and. Oh man, I, I'm that disorder is very intriguing to me, and I'm I'm glad to know a lot about it now. Uh, you know, I was <laughs> I was joking. I made this video actually, um, like during quarantine when it was like, cause cause a lot of people were like, Lindsay, you're so crazy about your cleanliness, and I made this video in the bathroom where I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm clean, and that's it. And everyone was like, Oh, God, you should post this. Because I was in my head, I was thinking of a lot of people with um, mental disorders or psychological disorders will tell you that there's like good traits, there's there's good things to come out of having certain disorders. I actually um, have seen a lot of interviews with diagnosed. um, They're technically from back in the day, you would say uh, sociopaths, psychopaths. Now the correct term is just antisocial personality disorder. Uh, and there's so much benefits <laughs> actually from having that disorder, like a lot. And a lot of the people that have it say that they would not give up having it aside from, you know, difficulty with relationships. And it, it's very hard to live a life where like you have to put on a mask, which is what people that have that disorder have to do. They call it a mask where they just kind of People I'm talking about, of course, with high-functioning antisocial, right? Not like serial killers and stuff. People you see like Michael Myers, how they depict it on on TV and in movies. Um, There's millions of people diagnosed with this just around you, right? On a day-to-day basis. A lot of CEOs um, because a lot of them excel at work. It's very easy to excel at things when you lack empathy right or when you can put aside personal emotions that makes it if you think about it a lot more easier to excel in business you know at a lot of things when you can put aside personal feelings right it's cutthroat yeah it's very cutthroat so it's you can imagine it makes it easier to kind of work your way up in certain circumstances uh and so a lot of them will say it's been beneficial to them in a lot of ways Um, But then, of course, it's hard to have to, like, wear the quote-unquote mask where you have to uh, just pick up. Because basically, people with that, it's not that they don't feel any love or that they don't feel anything or any empathy at all. They can. It's just they don't feel it on the same level in comparison to someone with BPD, right? Total opposite. Um, And so what they have to do is they literally have to mimic people around them in order to just go through their regular day. So, okay, your dog just died. Well, I can see that everyone around you is crying. So I'll say, I'm sorry for you. You know, even though they don't feel the sadness themselves about your dog dying, like maybe I would, where I just start bawling crying for you. um, They kind of can understand 
the societal expectation of what to do, and they just right. mimic that on a day-to-day right. basis. It's, a, it's like a lack of empathy, but then also being aware that these are the societal norms yes. and this is how I should react to something. Yep. Like being totally conscious of the things that you're supposed to do, right? As like a regular person. It's so interesting. It's really so interesting. And it had me thinking to myself with the cleaning. One thing about OCD, I mean, listen, there's people who have OCD on a very extreme level, right? Obviously, I don't wish that upon anyone. But I love the fact that I'm the way I am in regards to <laughs> in regards to cleaning. I was talking to my friend because last time I'd gotten drunk, me and her were talking. She's like, what did you do when you, when you got home? I'm like, girl, I came home. I was seeing double, took off my makeup, did my full face routine, brushed my teeth, did my mouthwash, <laughs> hopped in the shower, scrubbed my feet that were filthy, like did everything, did dishes in the sink you know, swept up a right. little bit and then went into bed. Like, like who do you know that really does that <laughs> when, when they're fucked up, right? We don't like so many people just get in bed. I'm sorry, this is going to tie into pet peeves. I cannot, and I know this is like, it, it's a little OCD. It doesn't bother me per se, like uh, whatever, live your life, do what you want. But if we're talking about pet peeves, how people get in bed, I don't care if you're drunk, if you're sober, whatever the case with dirty feet. Oh, fully dressed. Oh my God, fully dressed from outside clothes, dirty ass feet, like, oh my, it's really. Oh, I don't understand it. <laughs> it's really bad, and they. I um... could have been so drunk that I was like. No, no. The room was spinning, I was in the cab, and you know, it was just a hot mess, but I'll still get home and I'll shower. For real, oh my and God. And maybe I'll make some tea, and I, <laughs> if my room is a mess, I'll tidy up. The tea, I can Like, everything has to be perfect, perfect. for me to then go to bed, or Absolutely. else I'm just not going to sleep well. Teeth clean, everything, and oh man, they did a poll. They did multiple polls about this because there's like the celebrity one and then there's a regular like average, you know, uh, person about showering and the way people, never mind not showering at all, but people that do take showers, how like apparently a lot of people don't clean the bottom half of themselves. Like, oh, oh my God. And you know what? When I really realized how filthy people are, showering in other people's homes or like just passing by their bathroom and looking at their bathtub and being like, yo, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, like conditioner on the mat, mold in the mat. Like I, I can't, I just, it's a problem. It's a problem. But mold honestly, and mildew, it is a problem. I see that <laughs> and I'm like, you gotta call bath fitter. I don't know, get your life together, get some bleach. I don't care. I don't care. I wouldn't change that shit. I love being like this. Like even when even when I'm um cooking, for example, who was it that just said to me? One of my good friends, she was like she was like, "Do you um clean up as you're cooking? Are you that person or do you like let it sit there?" And I go, I'm like, "Uh-uh. I I clean that shit up as I'm I'm barely finished cooking my, I haven't even touched my meal yet. And the dishes are cleaned. The kitchen oh, is clean. Sure. It's time management. I, yeah, it's time While management. While something is simmering on the stove, I got to make sure my sink is empty. The dishes are done. Yep. My counters are cleared. Yup. It's time management. And also it makes me feel better. Like literally. Okay. Makes, so this is this quickly is the turning into the benefits of mental disorders. I mean, I'm here for that. It's. Yeah, I would. I'm correlating it into that for the simple fact that it's for like a regular person that might be time management, but for me, it literally makes me feel good inside <laughs> <laughs> to have it everything does. clean. There's a there's like there's clarity there. Right. I, I need my kitchen to be spotless before I can start cooking. Right. Um, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's as simple it's as, like, I need my home to be clean before I can just, like, sit down and watch TV or read a book. Yes. Yes. And that's, and a lot of people don't feel that way. You know, like, a lot of people that, that don't have anxiety or whatever, they kind of just can just relax, go home, let the dishes be there. And those people there. choose 
chaos and fear. <laughs> I understand. I, I totally get it. <laughs> oh my gosh, what's wrong with us? But yeah, no, it's, it's the truth. <laughs> Apparently, lots. <laughs> lots is wrong with us. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing this episode. <laughs> oh my gosh, shit. But yeah, um, I don't know. Let's get into some tea. Let's get into like pet peeves. Since we we were discussing that, just pet peeves how in like relationships, whether it's personal friendships or whatever. I don't know. I mean, we were. I think my whole pet peeve with this generation now, like we were touched on a little bit earlier, is just social media. Everything. It's just a fucking mess, and I don't like being told that something that I feel is disrespectful is not disrespectful. You know, like, I don't like, I don't like that feeling of being told that, like, my standards are too high, my morals are too high, or I have to kind of, like, diminish myself or shrink myself, whether it's friendships or, like, romantically, right? Because I've had that both ways, where it's, like, people telling me, well, Lindsay, you're expecting too much, or you're making a mountain out of a molehill. That really grinds my gears. in in relationships and we were just talking about this a little bit before I don't know it's tricky it's very tricky because then on the other hand I've gone to a point where I'm kind of like it makes you think sometimes when people when people gaslight you it really does make you think well maybe I really am just doing too much and I just need to like play myself down which is the real problem right I feel I know it is because my mindset is more of you've only got this one life and if my standards are high and I only want the best for myself then I'm totally fine with holding out for that that's true because that's out there right for everyone that's true or even trying to get closer to it yeah like a compromise right Right, which I right. don't feel like is common now. <laughs> and, you know, there's there's a really thin line between compromise and just settling. Just settling, yeah, yeah. That's my problem. You know, and, and not appreciating yourself enough and and knowing your worth um, and just understanding what it is that you really want and knowing that you can have better than what you do have. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That is my problem, which ties into the separation anxiety right of feeling like oh but i don't want to lose this person completely from my life oh but which is a risk yes yes you can totally dismiss someone and say listen there's someone out there who has bigger bank account bigger dick bigger whatever (laughs) bigger and better and i'm gonna have to say bye 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 to you it's true and That person will be like, all right, well, fuck off and never talk to you again. And, you know, maybe you'll find someone different, you know? Yeah. But there's going to be a trade-off. There's always a trade-off. Yeah, there's always someone out there who is going to be, like, what you're looking for. I suppose I'm still navigating my way through that. With their own set of problems and their own set of things that you don't like so it's really better the devil you know sometimes yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's the truth you know what this is what we were talking about earlier too with comfortability right which is why like you stay in situations for such a long ass time right like I have you just stay in a situation because it's almost like you don't even want to go through the whole process again just oh well the dating pool is yeah. <laughs> meeting new people is it's just Did a pain in the ass i would imagine can we get into and, it like um, that because did you see i posted i don't think you saw i don't know if you saw i posted a picture like a compilation me and uh one of my besties and we were bored <laughs> and we put just a you know a random pic or whatever and um yeah, we put a random pick on Tinder because I've never, I'm not a dating app girl. I've never been a dating app girl. Oh, and God. yeah, uh, put pics on Tinder just for fun. And the compilation is the most scary 
thing. Mind you, because you can narrow it down to every little thing, right? Two miles away, three miles away, like every little thing. And I'm like, if this is what is out there in my proximity, I can only imagine like globally. <laughs> and it oh, just, for sure. and every swipe was like, oh my God, like worse than the next swipe. The bios. I don't like to be judgmental, man, but the fucking bios that I came across were scary. Very oh, scary. I'm sure it's rough out there. It but is did rough. you see that, like, um, Miguel and his wife, Nazanin, mm-hmm. are back together? Back together. I just saw that. Yeah, because they spent time apart and they were like, wow, Fuck it's it. fucking rough out there. <laughs> like, people are monsters. Yes. And whatever problems they had, they were like, we will work through that shit because the love is real. And I already know you so well that I really don't have the patience to then develop that for another decade with someone else. They, you know, hundred percent for so long. Yes. That's exactly what happens. Sometimes you, sometimes you do just need that break. I mean, listen, when you've been with someone for 15, 20 years, like, yeah. Oh yeah. They were together 17 years. And so sure. They might've like got bored of each other. Yeah. But then you see what's going on. Things fizzled out and you saw there was nothing out there in the world for them. (laughs) (laughs) like there was nothing i started noticing because i remember me and my girl who were like obsessed with them when they first broke up we were heartbroken and then we just like kept track of them and then we started noticing like their instagram stories with little hints and clues that they're hanging out and then her captions (laughs) and i'm like oh these two are still fucking are there still like there's still some a situation ship happening but yeah i mean it's cute they wrote like love love wins or what love heals i think they said i don't know but i mean yeah. she was 18 when yeah. they got together he yeah. was 20 you know like yeah they're grown like, ass you people. know they're my age and so i picture myself now had i been with somebody that long Forget. and then going out into the world and trying to like date someone new yeah at 37 Oh that's my God. fucking depressing. It like, is. of course, I would go back to my wife. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, wife, because they like literally got married. Um, yeah, it's that. It is. It's depressing. It's so depressing. Oh my God, it really is. I was. I mean, I knew it was gonna be bad, and it was funny. It was hilarious, but it was also really sad. I was like, this is <laughs> like the toxicity is on a whole nother level. Oh, man. Yeah, it was just and even like the attractive people, just the stuff they say, you're like, okay, no. Problematic. Oh, so problematic. And then what happened? Um, like now I just saw in uh, now it's on the news in Mexico, actually today, that this uh, Mexican woman, this young woman, she went on a date from one of the dating sites with an American man. And they're thinking that he killed her. Like, it's it's another new story every week, too, about the meetups from these sites. Like, no thank you. No. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, you gotta be gotta be careful, you know. Right. You put Pepper murder spray. this bussy in the caption, and they will take it literally. Stop, guys. We're not supposed to laugh at that. But it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, you gotta be careful what you write. You. Oh, my God. No, R.I.P., Seriously, that's disgusting and horrible. But yeah, it's bad. It's bad out there. It's scary, very scary. That's why I can't. I can't do strangers either. I never was really like that though. I feel like any guy like I've known, it's like through someone or somebody's got like a mutual friend or something going on. Oh, I mean, you need references. Yeah, I'm you sorry. need references out here. You can't just be like meeting up. No, nope. where's your referral? Right. Who sent you? Right. Do I fuck with that person? <laughs> right, exactly. Do I trust that person's opinion? Because they might be trifling too, you don't know. It's really <laughs> tough to meet yeah. a stranger and have to figure it out, you know? Yeah, it is. It really is. Oh, God. Because when somebody's fucked up, you know, their friends or family are going to you know everybody in their world is just gonna be like oh what a great person they're the best person in the world 
they're gonna hide all of their flaws no one's gonna be real Mm -hmm. no one's gonna say oh yes three duis used to beat on his ex right xyz no nobody's gonna say the truth about that shit so it's better to like date somebody that has a history with other people you already know yeah it's true scary i don't even like meeting people for like photo shoots and modeling that i don't know anyone <laughs> i don't like meeting any bo- anybody anybody that's what i'm saying like just anybody. i have grubhub leave the food right on the door and i tell them <laughs> get back in your car and drive away before i go and grab my burrito because i don't want to meet you <laughs> oh my god exactly i'm like covid what i've been like this my whole life like oh yeah oh like i don't just stay six feet apart from me my whole life Oh, like, the quarantine was so good. I was like, "Yes, leave me alone by my myself in my house." That was my favorite time of the. Uh, that was the favorite time of the year, honestly. Like, and maybe there's something wrong with us for that, but I don't care. I just don't. Mm. I don't want to deal well, with people. <laughs> it was lovely. I worked out. Like, I got my shit together. It was great. Oh yeah, you were productive for sure. Very. Like I I don't know. I I was like I can't sit here. I think the thought of like sitting around in your home not doing anything or working actually is motivating cuz you're just like, well, what am I going to do? I can't waste the day now. So you feel like you kind of want to do shit that you didn't really do before. You know? Like that's what it was for me. I was like, you know, I really wanted to take exercising more serious. And I did. And then they let my ass outside, and I was like, give me a donut. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Outside like, of donuts. <laughs> they let me outside, and I didn't know how to act anymore. But, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What's your pet peeves with, like, with people? Do you have uh, You have a lot. How much time <laughs> do we have? <laughs> we're at, Seriously. We're at 24 minutes. I mean, can we just talk about things that are not my puppies? Okay, things that you like. Because <laughs> um, that'll be like one minute long. That's like, yeah, it's like three things. Um, I really appreciate strong communication. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. yeah. That is key. Um, and that ties into confidence because what I've found is that someone who lacks confidence will shy away from having serious conversations with you yeah um and feeling comfortable opening up and yeah that'll just lead to all sorts of problems and really complicate a situation in any type of relationship yes i mean even in a work setting it's um it's key. It's key to absolutely everything in life. So confidence, yeah, or just, like even so, just faking that shit. <laughs> yeah, fake your confidence, or at least acknowledge it to the point that you know it's not going to be a hindrance in building relationships and allowing you to um, communicate your thoughts yeah. in a beneficial way, um, clearly and just yeah, yeah concise yeah communication i totally agree with that the communication forget it i mean oh gosh it's a hot mess like i i'm as much as i feel that i'm an empath and you know i'm definitely not a mind reader and so i am gonna need i am gonna need you to open up and uh, you know tell me how you're feeling and yes just speak is really important of course we yeah i was just telling eric like he knows i'm like the person who i'm the friend who's gonna text you like ask if you're okay and i'm also like the girlfriend who's gonna like send the paragraphs explaining what exactly is going on in my head (laughs) whether you like it or not like i'm just vocal and that's it it's not gonna change die hard cancer through and through um and of course, I feel like in like my past experiences, I've always gravitated or, or they've gravitated to me, whatever, I don't know, to be their savior. I don't fucking know. Um, but towards, you know, cold ass, 
fire signs <laughs> and cold ass like just like unemotional like pulling teeth to get them to say what's going on and how they feel and then they then they hold it in and then they just explode later on and oh it's a whole ordeal and then I'm like therapist and it's just it's a whole ordeal but I don't know I'm 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 getting I'm at that place now where I'm like nah if you want to be with me or you want to like have anything going on with me you need to talk because I can't I can't deal with that I can't deal with that and it's back to what you said where like every now and then right I would I feel like okay maybe I do need to pull back and I need to like not be so expressive but then I'm also like but that's just me like that's just who I am I don't want to change it per se. I don't feel like it's a negative thing to be expressive, you know? No, not at all. I mean, it's interesting that you'll get that sort of response um, from people who lack communication skills. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the way they cope with issues is avoidance. Yes. And pretend it doesn't exist like it's that meme of the that dog just sitting in a room on fire like this is fine yes, this is fine <laughs> yes and you sent me that I was dying you know and it's doing that is so problematic because you you will burn up in flames like yeah a hundred percent so oh do anything God. shout out for help like <laughs> yeah all right, we're at the almost 30-minute mark. Guys, thank you for joining us on tonight's episode. Thank you so much to my big bro. This has been great. A lot of insight. Oh, yeah, this is just the beginning. Yay! Love you. Love you, too. Thank you so much. Bye, Slayers.